This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <laughs> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the sixth minute of injury time. Injury time. Injury time. Look out, takes. Almunia saves. Look out, follows in. Almunia saves again. And now one minute on the counter-attack. Forest Good evening, everybody. What can I say? If if you find foul and abusive language bad, what the fuck are you doing here? Crikey, that tonight was awful, wasn't it? Where to start picking the bones out of that? As ever, this is your place for your opinions, and after that, I think you probably want some. But it's been an interesting week. Who knew that Middlesbrough and, and losing 3-2 at home might feel like the, the best part of the week? This performance tonight at Sunderland was as insipid as anything we have seen over the last three or four seasons. A number of people have said, let's stop looking back now. Let's stop stop looking back at the last three or four seasons. Let's look and see how we're progressing. Let's, let's start changing the bar. Let's start changing where we start to rate ourselves and look be forward-looking rather than backward-looking. But that performance was as poor as anything we've seen in that time. Absolutely awful. Coupled with that, obviously, it'd be interesting to see what everybody's take on the Valerian Ishmael contract extension is. Not because this is a cry for the manager to go in any way, shape or form. That's not what I'm doing here. But it seemed an odd time to do it. And I wonder if there is trouble at Mill that's trying to kind of, I don't know, improve on. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Let's, let's, not, let's not dwell on it too long. Let's get into what everybody might like to give their opinion, see what everybody thinks for good, for bad, for ill, for anywhere in between. As ever, this is for your opportunity to just say what you think. The five word reviews are up and they're already starting to be engaged. Anybody who wants to put something longer than five words, either just ignore the five word rule, most people do, or just put it in the in the reply to to this particular thread as well in the long forms. But Alan, sir, Alan, how are we doing? That's not good, is it? It was dire. As my son said, when I was talking about the, the players, he said, the problem is he's not got very good jigsaw pieces. The problem is he's also trying to play Scrabble. The whole thing was wholly dysfunctional. 
I think uh, I think it's the worst club we've had in 20 years, maybe more. I think it's really bad. And I'd have already said in the five-word reviews, and I mean it, I think this is Watford's side worse than even under bankrupt Baz. We were better under bankrupt Baz. That is an indictment of where we are with this ownership. Time to go. Sell and fuck off. There's no point changing yet another manager. That's not the answer. Yes, the timing of the extension for his contract is bizarre. And the and on that score, the club can do no right for doing wrong. We get criticised for not supporting the manager. Now the media are criticising us for supporting the manager. What is the right fucking answer then, you cunts? Because you don't like what we do any which way. You don't like it when we sack managers. Now we back a manager. That's fucking wrong as well. But anyway, that's by the by. The real issue here at this club is that what was something of a fairy tale for the first six or so years, seven years maybe, um, under pot, so where you, you really couldn't have wished for anything more. Everything that he said he would do, he did. It was quite a ride. Um, that came to an end in 2019. Please, for the love of God, please find somebody to buy the club and just go. Please. Go. There you go. Alan, sir, thank you. You have started us off. It, it's And if you agree or you disagree, it doesn't matter. It, you come here, you, you say your piece. That's the important thing. Okay. Some people have, have, had, uh, had suggested very nicely. And, and if anybody's got any ideas about what they want, do not scratch your eyes podcast to do uh, within reason. Um, then do let us know. And some people said, maybe what we need to do is do something a little bit more analytical. This whole thing about post-match is, look, come and vent here. Come and listen to other people, whatever it is, for good or for bad or for argument or for, for whatever. We can be analytical about it all you like. All the analytical side of that particular game was, we don't think this can get any worse. And then Ryan Andrews got sent off, which is, which sim- simply doesn't improve things whatsoever. Alan, thank you very much for getting us started. We're going to come to you, Jason. Then I'm coming to Wendover, to Uncle, then to Boyd, then to Charlie, then to Alex, then to Danny in that order, guys. Or at least I'm going to try and remember what order I just said. Let's go to... Let's go to... Oh, I'm full fingers and thumbs. Hey, who do I sound like? Let's bring him in. Let's bring in Ron, then I'm going to go to Wendover, and then to then to Boyd. Uncle, sir, if you hit your mic button. Good evening, Peter. I still have bronchitis, so excuse the voice. Oh, crikey. It sounds oddly, oddly apt. I thought you were going to say oddly erotic for a moment. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sorry, that, that, that's not the job I do on a Wednesday night. No, anyway, never mind. Go on, mate. Tell us, tell us your thoughts on tonight, because I don't think many people will have been seeing it that much differently in terms of that 90 minutes on the pitch. Well, we can talk about the players, we can talk about the manager. Completely pointless once again. Tis the bastard, the absolute bastard who owns this football club that is the problem. He's destroying it. He has destroyed it. He brought in 40 to 50 million pounds worth of income this summer and replaced, it, replaced the players that left with absolute crap, absolute crap. And you have the bastard goalkeeper, Backman, ridiculously given a five-year contract. I stood up against it. No one else did. 
No one else stood up against it. But look at him tonight, this captain rushing out. The only time he rushes out of his goal is to get a fucking yellow card. He's a bastard. Excuse my language. I'm not really that one one for swearing that much. But enough is enough. And Watford fans need to wake the hell up and call for the bastard to leave. It's not better than last season. He's a rotten owner. He's rotten to the core. He's a bastard. He's a moron surrounded by his cronies, one million a year, Duxbury and Bayer, and all those people. I heard Alan Lathwell pipe up calling for the owner to go. The names he used to call me, that man, last season. The well, names everyone used to call me. It, but- Uncle, you know that you have thrown names around because I know because I've been on the receiving end of them. So let's, yeah, not, worry, I, let's, I, let's well, not worry about that because that's not what this is about. This fine, is about fine. we've just fine. seen the team travel up to Sunderland. We've seen supporters travel up to Sunderland on a work day paying good hard money. This felt the equivalent to me or very similar to the, do you remember the Wolves game under Roy Hodgson where people, a lot of people travelled up to Wolves and it was just, there was no nothing for you to be able to get hold of in that game. There was not a single moment where you thought, ah, there could be a catalyst. There could be a spark. There could be some level of positivity. Now, I know we lost that game 4-0 and were 3-0 down inside of 20 minutes or whatever it was. But this game was up against a Sunderland team who've, who have been doing some canny business with without busting the bank because they've got the youngest squad in in the championship. They've gone and got hold of Jack Clark. I think they pulled him out of Spurs, if I remember rightly. They've gone and got hold of young Bellingham, Joby. We'll get on to Joby McEnough's commentary in maybe in a, in a little bit. They didn't even have Bradley Dack tonight as a creative force. We had a load of creative supposed players on the pitch without the ability to create anything tonight. And that just felt to me like... At what point are we going to start becoming a little bit more, okay, it might be agricultural, if you wish, but trying to play through on the deck at all times and in all situations only hurts ourselves. And so I do think that there's a point of looking at uh, not the manager's position or the coach's position, but the way in which we are playing, because he hasn't got good enough players to play that way. Am I wrong? Well, I think you're wrong even talking about the, the, how how they play because the, the players are, are, are just not good enough full stop uh, I said it was a league one squad and that's what it is it's because of the owners it's almost pointless talking about tactics players coach the players assembled by the owner are, are not fit for purpose and it's about time people woke up and realized that it's an absolute sham of a squad a disgrace of a captain the supposed leader Livermore can't even get on the field of play when there are nine substitutes on the bench and five of them can come on. People need to stop being grateful for a bloody Meccano stand and some cladding around the ground and, and call for the man who is now destroying this football club to fuck off. There we go. There we go. I did warn you, everybody. The language could be a thing tonight, even from Ron, who is, who is let's be honest, he is an articulate man. He does not tend to use bad language. But tonight, I think we can forgive both him and ourselves if we are a little bit that way inclined. Jason, sir, we've, if you hit your mic button, let's see if we can get you back on and then we'll go to Wendover. Jason, you there, sir? 
Yeah, I'm here, Pete. Oh, Can you hear me? Brilliant. We got you, sir. We got you. There you go, mate. Well, you've heard of it. You've heard it so far. We've heard Alan not happy with with the performance with, with the whole lot, but looking at it and saying about the ownership, you've heard we've. Obviously, we we all know quite well what Ron thinks, but tonight he's not feeling well, and he's even cussing and a swearing. I know. <laughs> oh, no, it's good, isn't it? We're turning the air bluer than our shirts. If that was oh, even the blue, I don't even know what that was. I don't stop me on the blood. Yeah, we won't, we'll deal with that another time. Go on, mate. What what are your thoughts tonight? Yeah. Well, no, I, I, I think the ownership, I think, is is well documented. A lot of the guys believe that there is time for a change and I think there is something go- there is something afoot I feel because obviously there are problems in Udinese as well I'm not yeah. going to go for any Udinese thing but you only have to look at the Serie A table to see that they've got problems as well so but anyway I think regardless of the ownership I think the problems are clearly on the field I, I, basics defensively just shambolic put a tackle in lads the first goal which was the killer goal really right before half time we hadn't played great, but Nord Sunderland, to be fair, it was a bit of an... I texted my daughter who was at work and she said, what's it like? And I said, the thing is, Sunderland weren't even that great. No, you know, absolutely. they didn't have to be that great. And I, I just, I don't know, it is the basics that, that are killing us. It is the absolute basics of defending, tracking. It's very disappointing. I feel obviously mixed about the, the whole Ishmael contract thing. Very strange in the in the timing. I understand why they've done it now because obviously clearly we're coming at an international break and there's just you know we've all been here before, so we know what it's like. So they've probably done it just to stop it at the pass almost. But I, I don't know if there's anybody on here tonight for, that, that's on the coach coming back from Sunderland. I absolutely take my hat off to you. You just amazing. You deserve everything. You. One, you deserve it. It, it. it was hard watching it here at yeah, home, um, big, big. let alone anything else. So, yeah, it's difficult to know. I think it's, for me, it's the players. We talked about this before, but some of it is just basics, Peter. It is the basics of football. Defend, put your body on the line, track your runners. It, it's not hugely difficult stuff, and, and they make it look so difficult. I absolutely agree with you. We overplay at times. I think the second goal come from the fact that we were piss-arsing around and then we lost the ball. They gave away the corner. And then again, completely avoidable. We get rid of the first ball, the second phase ball. Guys are marked on the edge of the box to put a cross in. What on earth is going? It's just, it's basics. And the trouble for Ishmael, going back to the recruitment and all the rest of it, is you think, well, he's... Probably could do with coming out for a bit. Well, there ain't no one. There's no one. Are you going to put Pollock in there? And now that we've we've lost Ryan Andrews for three games, who looks like he's just carrying a bag of cement on his shoulders every time he runs, he's now got to play three games. Well, obviously one now and then two after the international break. And it's desperate. It's desperate for all the forwards on at the end. But it was symbolic, really. The last 20 minutes were a shambles. So, but it, it... I don't know what you think, Peter, but certainly certain individual players need to have a long look at themselves. I know I'm kind of, ain't a fan of James Morris, but I defy him to tell me that Jamal Lewis is any better. I've been really disappointed with Jamal Lewis, and tonight's performance wasn't great. And the corner was just the icing on the cake, really, the literally booming it across the bot. And Ingram loser again, anonymous. We need more out of him. Serial, I like Serial. I don't get me wrong. But he is so limited in that defensive midfield position. He gets the ball, he gives it. He's like a wall pass. And he's not the only one. Wesley Hoot, again, good with the ball, but sometimes we just want him to defend. I don't know. I could go through a lot of them. Yeah, mate. And, you know, know. individually, that's the thing. Individually, 
that they're, they're half decent players, but they don't knit together as a team. And I think that's the issue we've had now for what three or four years, and we're sliding, and it's a slippery slope. Yeah, absolutely. And with the Leeds game, it's, I don't know what else it, to say. The, the, I don't know what else to say. Really, I'm, I, I'll, let, I'll let other people come on and okay, have a moan, but my God, yeah. So no, it's been yeah, a frustrating night. I, I just, I, I'm worried. Good stuff. Good stuff. Jason, thank you very much indeed. Yeah, it's been a frustrating night. The first goal was, yes, it was a great bit of skill by the lad. But from our point of view, anybody's going to dribble into that position if you make no attempt. Three players make no attempt to actually tackle him. They just rolled over and then he went past their trailing legs. The second goal was the guy was clear at the back post and then just headed it back and he was basically clear on the other post as well. Porteous just standing in the middle, not making an attempt to do anything other than raise his hand. In my opinion, your opinion can differ. And if you've got a different opinion, let us know. Wendover, sir, I know you were frustrated tonight. Vent away. No, you're going to have to tell us what that is. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Wendover. (laughs) Rock bottom, no less. No less than rock bottom. We are at at rock bottom. First time I have said it on a tweet because I have been a supporter all the way along of the regime. I have tweeted tonight, Pozzo out. First time I have ever said it. Potso out. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. That was abject, dire, pathetic. I've seen some shit in the nineties. I've some, seen some shit in the late eighties. That beats. That beats. That probably beats all of it. Absolute crap. Absolute crap by a club that has run out of steam, totally run out of steam. And I asked tonight, and I asked tonight, Elton John, Sir Elton John, you say Watford saved your life. You say Watford saved your life. Come and save our life. Come and save our life. You are now a multi, multi megastar, bigger star than you've ever been. You are a massive star. You are incredibly connected, particularly in America, with some very wealthy people. Come and if you love us as much as you say you love us, come and sort this out. Not asking you to be the main investor yourself. Get some investors together and come back and save us. And I say this to us as a group of fans. We, we made Palazzi happen. Let's make this happen. Let's write an open letter to Sir Elton John at his Woodside address, to his agents, to wherever we can post it with as much evidence and as much, how can I put, substance behind our communication with things that we found out before Palazzi. And let's write to the man and let's ask him to come in and save this rotten football club. Well, that escalated quickly over the course of 90 minutes. Well, well, look, listen, this is all about what everybody thinks. And, and we all know that Greg Wendover Horn, not only has he got obviously a fine record collection and is prepared to use it ant style for intro themes now, that's a worrying trend, but he's also 
that exacerbated by that level of non-performance. Greg, I'm not going to ask you to come back on and say any more to that. You've done. You've already Wait, injected what, what, some... What football club outside of my family, outside of my family, and my career is my life. I love the football club, but this is just not good enough. And we are... We're dying, Pete. We're dying. Sir Elton, come and save us. There you go. There you go. Look, Greg, go off and and, and go and see Mrs. Wendover. Mrs. Wendover, get it. Sort him out. <laughs> sort him out. We need the, we need positive Greg back as well. But tonight isn't probably a night for many positives. That's no segue at all. But I'm going to come to, to come to your boy, the uh, the drill. So hit the old mic button to take you off mute. There you go, Boyd. How are you in general before we get onto the uh, the shit show that was this evening? Well, I'm personally fine. Good, but I am annoyed. I've been supporting this club since 1969, 1970. Very good. And I have to heartily endorse what Wendover said. I think it's a brilliant idea, whether he'll do it or not. But I think every word Wendover said about Sir Elton, spot on. But if I could now go to the team... Fire away. Are they doing their best to get another manager sacked? Because it would appear so, wouldn't it? If you go through the team, if anybody dares give a player more than one out of ten, I want to know how they justify it. Not one of them got more than one out of ten. Not one. Every And you know why we got all the bookings and the sending-offs? Mm-hmm. No, I'm not going to be popular about saying this. Right. They gave up. Yeah. They gave up. Now, forget the fact Jody McEnough is a complete arse and his commentary was pathetic beyond all belief, yeah. just in case anybody wants to talk about that. But he's obviously fallen out of the club, hasn't he? Clearly. That was, just, it was like a big... Oh, anyway... Every single one of them, how many passes went out for throw-ons? How many tackles were not, were bottled out of? How many headers? Were, it was just every one of them. Nagakia, Jesus. Lewis, I'd rather have an injured Semmer. What's Lewis on? 20 grand a week? And he can't take a corner with seven men in the box, most of them at the near post. Come on. They were appalling. But what annoyed me, we've heard all season, oh, they try hard. They Mm. didn't in the second half, did they? Last half hour, they gave up, turned it in. That's why you got the bookings. Probably the only thing I agreed with that moron muck enough about. But I swear to you, I have never been this annoyed. Every single one of them were appalling. The first goal was hilarious, wasn't it? His dance through the midfield, and then Hoot sticks a girly leg out, turns his back, and holds his hands up. The second goal, Andrews, daydreaming, far post, Porteous, watching, and Backman, dying swan. For <laughs> God's sake. It's disgraceful. Loser. Again. There is no point in him. Ince. Again. Pointless. A spreer who I love. Did nothing. Kone, nothing. Chak, nothing. Bio, nothing. TDB, anonymous again. Hoot and Porteous between them. Good God. And the fullbacks. It is terrifying. Do you know, for the first time ever, I think we could go down. I, re- I really am worried now we could go down. And you know what? Remember I said it. We get beat against Cardiff. Don't be surprised if he's not sacked. 
Mm-hmm. Never mind extension contracts. If we get beat at Cardiff, he could get sacked. I don't blame him. I know some people are saying we shouldn't play the way we're playing because we're not good enough. And I think one of your speakers said uh, individually they're good players. Mm-hmm. No, they're not. What are you talking about? They're not good players. They're crap. There's a few of them are all right. Individually, they're good players. I think they demonstrate they're not. They appall me. They are just a disgrace. I'm. People are going to disagree with me. I don't blame the manager. How else do you want them to play? If they're not going to play out of the bat, you want them to go long. Bio, bless him, contract sand. Radovic doesn't even get near the sand. So what are you going to play it long for? What are you going to play it long for? It's nonsensical. I tell you what. Sorry for the rant. No, no, mega pissed off. Boy, this is this is the very place for the rant. Uh, This is rant central when it needs be. Don't worry about that, sir. I do love that. He can't trap sand, and Ryovic doesn't get close to the sand. Oh well, there you go, Boyd. Thank you, sir. As ever, Boyd's given us a brilliant stuff as always. I'm going to run through the team, Charlie, sir. You said I'm going to come on, come win, lose or draw. And here we are. We both hoped that we might, I don't know, get some kind of win and we'd be able to come on here and be shallow. Oh, God, I wish that was the case. How are you, sir? Like everybody else, yeah. angry. I'm probably, as I've said to you a few times, and I'm probably a couple of pages ahead of people and they're starting to catch up. So I'm not as angry as some are tonight. I was probably as angry as the last chat about a year ago because... Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I could just see what was happening. I'm no expert in anything football, business or whatever, but I just looked at the bigger picture. And to me, I think our downfall was the cup final. I've said that before. I don't know why, so don't ask me. But since then, we have been on the decline. And I'm not even going to talk about the match tonight because it's pointless. And I'll just be an echo chamber to the lads that have spoken before. But cool. my, no worries. the thing I want to talk about is... How much more of this shit as a collective group are we going to put up with? Because we're all going to the games. We are getting behind the team. There hasn't been much of a pozo out, anti-pozo feel this season at the ground. Now, listen, I'm not advocating anything silly to happen. That's not what I'm about. No pitch invasions or stupid things like that. But I think collectively now the supporters, we all need to accept where we are. We've got a shit team. We've got a manager that I feel genuinely fucking sorry for. And there are certain people out there calling for the manager's head. I think, well, do you know what? Who the fuck, A, can we get in and B, would want the job for nothing more than just a quick money earner? Because as I've said to you before, when these managers are coming in, I think most of them are coming in now thinking, well, I'll give it a go and I'll probably get sacked. But hey, I'll get a nice little payoff. So yeah, I'll just go and see what happens. And I, I, we just, as I said the other day, we're a hamster going around on a wheel at the moment. Nothing's happening. We've got one of the worst squads I've seen. I've been supporting the club since the early 80s, well, mid-80s. And I think Wendover was the one that said we need to do an open letter to Elton John. I think we need to do an open letter to the Potso family, not that they'll we'll get a reply. I think Luther Blissett's inbox needs to be inundated with questions and I appreciate he'll probably be in a bit of an awkward position, but he seems to be able to speak fairly freely at the club. And like I say, I think, and I hate saying it, Peter, because I want to get behind the team. I want to see the team play well. I want us to win. 
I want us to build on something, but I'm sorry, I I can't get behind this bunch of wankers anymore. And um, Bankman to say that at Leeds our heads went. Well, who does he think Leeds are? They're not the Leeds team of the seventies or the nineties when they were doing well. They're Leeds United in the in the Championship. It's, what the fuck was that all about? For our captain to come out and say that our heads had gone before we even got out there is piss poor. And I'm sorry to say, but like I've said to you, the supporters now we need to unite. Realise the shit we're in and something needs to happen. Now, what that is, I don't know. Like I said to you, I don't want it being anything stupid, people jumping on the pitch or throwing things on the pitch or anything else. But something's got to happen because Christmas is creeping up on us slowly. We're down near the bottom of the championship. And we all know what happens to teams that are down near the bottom of the championship around Christmas time. Nine times out of ten, they go down. And... I think there's a little bit of arrogance coming in. Oh, we, we were in the Premier League a couple of years ago. We'll be all right. Well, look at what happened to Ma- uh, Leeds United. Look what happened to Man City years ago. It it does and can happen. And they were massive clubs. And they went down and down. So we, to sit here and say that, oh, we won't go down. We've got to be careful now because I'm starting to shit a brick about it. And I know a lot of other people are. Very good, sir. Very good. I think there are so many clubs who've gone down who all went down to the to the echoes of we're too good to go down. And some of those were good teams. This is not a good team performing well at this moment in time. The Charlie Super stuff, thank you, sir. You're absolutely right. You have been ahead of the curve in terms of your thoughts and your comments with regards to, to this lot. And, and when I say this lot, the ownership. We did discuss last year, yeah, it was last year around the Rob Edwards time, how we would articulate our dissatisfaction to, to the to the top table. And and it does need something to be organised to come on and, and do that if if that's what people need to do. You've heard already tonight Wendover saying, Well, let's go and let's go and reach out to, to Elton John. Let's go and do have some kind of protest, think about it. But as Charlie said, not something that's destructive or disturbing in a match day sense, but something to, to come together. We'll see. We'll see. Right guys, let's get through everybody and appreciate that people are calling in. We're going to try and get through to everybody. Let's get to Danny and then we'll be coming to Alex. Then we'll be going to uh, to Hornet nineteen ninety two. So, Danny, sir, if you want to hit your mic button, you're probably journeying southbound, I should suspect. Yeah, not even angry. It's beyond the point of caring. It's what I expected, I think, it's what a lot of fans expected, and that's pretty sad, to be honest, expecting these kind of performances. It's happening week in, week out, and when we do put in a once-in-a-lifetime good performance, it's surprising, but I just beyond caring now, and we are in a relegation battle, whether people like it or not, we are in a relegation battle. So in terms of the atmosphere in the Stadium of Light, how was the, as the evening went through, it probably took about five minutes, I should imagine, for it to become apparent that we were, we was, we were putting in as pale a display as our shirts. Yeah. How, in, how did it turn? Are people supported? The, the guys who've, you guys who've travelled up there, and I've, gone and I've done Sunderland before myself as well, it's you guys proper hardcore and don't, turn, and don't turn easy and get on and support everybody. But that was such a listless performance. How did, how did everybody take it in the stadium? Do you know what? It, it, it's, I, I, can't, I don't know really how to answer that because it's literally fans are probably like me. They're beyond caring now. It's just, there was no atmosphere. Fans are not angry. I think they're just so used to this shit now. It's getting to the point now. There's no point in getting angry at the players because they don't care. They'll just get two fingers up you. They don't care. I didn't bother. I didn't bother screaming. I didn't bother shouting because it's just an absolute pointless thing to do because these players don't care. I've been going to watch Watford. I went to my first game in 1998, Oxford away, nil draw. And 
this is this is by far the lowest I've ever felt as a Watford fan. It is just it is it's not good. But I'll be there every week regardless because I love this club. I love my wife to bits, I love my family to bits, and Watford is I love them to bits, but it's very hard to say anything positive about Watford because it's just an absolute shit show. And honestly, I'm not I've not been the one recently for call to, to to call for the positive, but it's getting to the point now I think it's time to sell up now because he's just run out of ideas. He can't take his club anymore, he's only taken us one way and that's down. So Elton, please get a consortium by the club. There you go. There you go. We've got positive people who are to hear of the away support and absolute credit to everybody who gets away and supports in their numbers, the hard-earned cash that they put through, the hard-earned emotion that they spend and expend going up and, and supporting those lads. Those lads have got to show it again. We we had a kind of a speech about that literally after the Wolves game two seasons ago and it seems like we've gone back to where we are again, which is just sad. So it's dreadful when, when your own supporters just feel sadness rather than anger from it because it means the expectation level is absolutely falling off falling off a cliff which is a very which is a great shame hello again it's justin and i'm here to share the news that do not scratch your eyes have been shortlisted as finalists in the football content awards 2023 the category we're shortlisted in is best podcast football league voting goes live on monday the 25th of september at midday and closes on sunday the 8th of october at 23:59. fan voting is done through the football content awards websites instagram and twitter We're asking you to give us your vote. Thank you very much. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. <whistles> at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Alex, Alex, hit your mic button and... Uh, hello. Hello, mate. I'm all right. I'm all right, thank you. Apart from watching that, apart from having a family turning around going, when does this over? We could watch the exciting game of Newcastle where Jamal Lewis's team, I think uh, they were 3-1 up, I think they did. I think they did for PSG. 4-1, I think it was. Was end. it 4-1? Oh, I, I came yeah, up here and started yeah. this, so grief. <laughs> Go on, mate. What well, do you reckon? I just thought I'd initially start by just saying I think it's really upsetting that people feel this deflated mm. in the first week of October. Absolutely. Like record. I'll probably talk about the game because I think people can talk about the situation a bit better than me. One of my good friends, Henry, he said that we can't just seem to lose a game and just almost lose 2-0 and take our medicine. We've got to lose 2-0 and try to throw a tantrum at every single opportunity. And I think it shows, for me, it shows a a real lack of leadership out on the pitch. In Gacca in the first half at half time, I think he nearly got sent off for having a go at the ref, and he was remonstrating with, with Jack Clark and the officials. I just think it's it's a real lack of, of discipline. They just seem to throw a tantrum every time they start losing. 
you, um, you saw it with Porteous when he was tracking Clark at the end, and oh, he was yeah. getting nowhere close to it. And he, he just, just decided, I'm, yeah, I'm just going to take you down here, give away a free kick of which they do have exponents, Patrick Roberts, if we remember last season, who can deliver a dead ball if he needs to. And yeah, yeah I'm, Paul, I'm not going to, I'm not going to beat up Andrews because I, I think it was, I don't think it was a harsh red, but. I, I, I don't know if you'd agree with me, but I feel like if there was a, a seat, I guess a quote seasoned professional out on the pitch with five minutes to go in a game, they're two 0 down. It, it would have been in people's ears going, "Don't do anything stupid." Mm. And like I say, we've lost. We don't just lose two 0 and take like the odd book, and we've lost two 0 Get five. What Batman is doing, thinking it's great to touch an official. I just, I, that was just complete lunacy. The thing um, that, that we've had some conversations, obviously, when he got his five-year contract and they made him club captain, because the two things synchronised at the same time, they announced them both. We were talking about that and, and various conversations have come on. And one of the things is that with the new rules, it's the, only the captain who can go and talk to the referee. But he stuck back in his goal mouth. So to, to hair out... The way, he just, the, the way he did it, he just sort of grabbed the ref. Yeah. And I'm just like, what are you... That's not leading by example at all. And I think another thing as well we said about various people being dropped. I think that's the issue the squad we've recruited. I think we had real issues at the back end of last year, but players knew they weren't going to get dropped. And I think that's having a detrimental effect on, on Wesley Hute and, and Ryan Bortius because what are the options to come in if they get dropped? Both of them can't get dropped because they've only got Matty Pollock. And I think that's never a good thing as well. You, you need to have ready competition available at the bare minimum two other centre-halves and I've mentioned that before that I think it's really poor squad planning the first goal today Hoot's not covered himself in glory but I'm pretty sure Porty has just forgot that he could block the ball if I'm totally honest with you he just seemed to shy away from it mm. And then the second goal, Sunderland are one of the they got they play Luco nine at centre back. They are one of the smallest teams in the league, and we've somehow managed to lose two headers against them. I just I feel very sorry for Valerian Ishmael. I think the one saving grace for me is that if Valerian Ishmael, to be fair, Gino Pozza could pull an all timer and sack a manager in the same week as giving them an extension on a contract, that would be an all timer. <laughs> they would not get better than that. But I think the only one saving grace for me is that if he's here for the long term, they may have actually worked out that it's not actually the management, it's actually the players, and there may be that kind of squad overhaul and that squad turnover eventually. But well, if you, if you like look at the number of players that we've jettisoned, we've half-emptied the fish tank, but we haven't filled it up with fresh water. Just, Go on, I, 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 No, I'm I just saying, I just think six or seven of those starting 11, that they should be dropped, but they can't be dropped. And I just hope people talked about the ownership, and I admit that, and I, I've not said anything good against the ownership, it's anything bad. I, I try and stay a bit neutral because it, it can obviously just get a bit toxic. What I would like to see before making any judgment would be, mm-hmm. is there actually a strategy? And I can't, I can't envision stra- what, what, what's the strategy going forward. What, what, what do they, what do they envision from this season? In truth be told, in terms of what is the progression for the next two to three years? What, what are they? How are they looking to adapt the football club? And I, I, I tend to agree with people that they almost seem to have just run out of ideas. And I think on the ownership, I don't think he's going to sell. I don't. I think I think we can say what we want, but I don't think it's going to happen. He spoke at that Parlax thing about he's just too, almost in too deep in his own mind that he has to stay around. But there just seems to be that real lack of strategy. And probably Greg will know better than himself, but in any business, you need some form of strategy. Absolutely. Um, and and, you, and I just can't see it. Are they now going to commit to the manager? But how long are they going to commit to the manager before they think they need to change him? So I just don't know. I just don't know. It, it's, it's just really upsetting that people feel this way in October. 
Greg came on and said that football was his life. I'm pretty sure, was it, was it Daniel, David, the previous caller, said that as well? I think it's just really upsetting that, that people feel this way. Mark was the same. He, he won't be coming on tonight and effing and blinding, unfortunately. <laughs> Which, let's but be honest, he, is a sad thing for everybody because that's a sight exactly, to see. That, that is box office. <laughs> I saw Swansea away came out and I said, we're not doing that again. But he, he's really d- disheartened and I think that's really upsetting. I've not supported Watford long, but people just seem to be very upset and, and it shouldn't be like that. And... How we change it, I'm not sure. I don't think it's coming from an ownership change. It, I just don't really know what to say. Okay, you don't have to say anything. You don't. We don't have this. Isn't necessarily a night where we suddenly go. You know what? We'll come up with a, a, a great new strategy to, to to recapture the club and change the world and do anything. A little bit like people will do the analysis a couple of days later and have a look at things with with a cooler head. This is about let's let's just get this out of our system if we need to. That that's absolutely fine. Great stuff as ever. Thank you very much indeed, Alex's uncle. When we lost four nil down at Swansea last last year between Christmas and New year Alex rang in and Alex's uncle took over and had the rant of all rants and just as we thought he was going to finish he went and and Alex you take over I've got to drive and basically he just he'd been ranting like a furious person for the whole time hopefully we didn't recklessly endanger anybody on the M4 let's get to Greg Greg sir if you want to hit your mic button or your mute button or what have you how you doing Hey, mate, you're all right. Oh, that was a shit show, wasn't it? Yeah, shit show is definitely yeah. the order of the day, mate. I absolutely agree with you. How well heartedly. Yeah. What, what, what? But first thing first, oh, um, before I get on to the game, um, I don't want to obviously criticise the manager too much because, like other callers have been saying, he's been thrown into a job where the whole culture at the club's rotten. Okay, we've cleared out a lot of players. We've bought in a few, nowhere near enough. And he's trying his best. And I think you can see with the the three subs here and the four subs there and the two at half time and he's trying everything he's trying all different little things you know, and he's, he's trying his hardest but one thing I would say is he wasn't deserving of a new contract I think it's an absolutely ludicrous decision from the club he's done nothing to warrant it I don't care what Girauta says in his stupid statement it even annoyed me that he was behind the statement and oh, oh we see positives at the training ground we see this we see that sorry not having it at the end of the day we're fourth bottom in the league completely ridiculous decision and um, they highlighted it on Sky they said well ugh, you look at Watford's past it makes no sense and it, and it doesn't on the game tonight you know to be fair what, what can you say eh? um, I think it was the other Greg earlier that was going sort of in, going through individual players absolutely spot on you look at some of them performances out there tonight especially in the second half players lost their heads Porteous lost his head Backman coming over grabbing the ref idiot Obviously, Andrew's got sent off on first view, and it looks a little bit harsh. Young, naive, goes flying into a tackle. You always got, you always put yourself in that danger. And towards the end of the game, they just look like fucking schoolboys. To be honest with you, I just it's just pathetic, amateur, clueless, absolutely no leaders on the pitch at all. Apparently, Batman's meant to be this leader and this captain and well-respected player amongst all the other players. Well. Sorry, but he's one of the worst for it. He loses his head and he acts like a spoiled child and then he'll go and make a mistake one week. And I, I, To be honest, mate, I'm going to Cardiff Saturday and I'm, I'm sick of a lot of them. I, I'm going purely for the social. I, I don't expect us to get anything. And it's, it's just a mess. And like I think, I think it was called before last, said about us going down. And you know what? The championships are mad league, both at the top and the bottom. And you look at Portsmouth of the world, Southamptons, you look at them two clubs, you go back 10, 15 years when Portsmouth were winning the FA Cup and flying high at the top of the Premier League and well, up the top, top half of the Premier League. And you had Southampton down in the doldrums of League One. Then it flipped 
and you have Portsmouth League Two, League One, and, and Southampton in the Premier League. Well, you think about them times, and that was Watford Luton, wasn't it? We was up there, and we was FA Cup final and top half of the Premier League. Luton were down in League Two, League One. What's to say in two years it isn't flipped and we're down where they were? Football comes at you fast at the end of the day. We give out a lot of shit. We give out a lot of abuse. But like you said, caller before last, this squad is shit. And and that's not... Okay, you could say it's the fault of Ismail because he was offered players and he didn't want them. But on the flip side, it's not. It's the fault has got to be given to the onus and the recruitment because you cannot get rid of 20-plus players and bring in five or six, especially players that aren't proven, like Rayovic. Everyone got excited after Coventry. Yeah, he scored a couple of goals, me included. Yeah, yeah. But they can't control they can't control the cold at the end of the day. Okay, you can't judge him on tonight. He was on the pitch for ten minutes, whatever it was. But Bayo, not good enough. The one he skied over the bar in the second half, pathetic attempts. But what fans do now, because we're in this mess that we're in and we are down the bottom of the league, you pick out the little things. Like if we was mid table or doing all right and Bayo six one over the bar like he does, people don't jump on it. But people are gonna jump on the little things. People are gonna be going to Cardiff on Saturday. If someone miscontrols a ball or someone puts a 10-yard pass out of play or someone sticks one over the bar, the jeering will start, the booing will start, the negativity will start. And, and do you know what? I'll be one of them because people are sick to fuck of it. And 10, 15, 20 minutes, Cardiff go a goal in front, it's all going to turn again. And it's, it's a shit show. And what can we do? We've just got to watch this crap now, probably till January, where we go and get five or six no-mark players from abroad to try and dig us out of a hole. And it's just going to be another turgid season of probably finishing, if we're lucky, bottom eight, bottom nine, and then the same again next season. But let's see. Let's see. Greg, Greg, tremendous stuff, mate. <laughs> tremendous. This is yeah. all about letting everybody know what your thoughts are because a lot of people will be feeling the same and no, you're not alone. Other people may feel differently and that's fine also. Come on and, and let us know where you're feeling on everything because it's just, it was one of those nights where it was just silent scream time. It was, could we could we just do something? Could we have something? And just everything went against us. It's a supremely odd time at the club where we see we're coming up to the international break and we all know what the international break means, Watford typically. So they seem to have come out and as Alan said at the start, they're damned if they do and damned if they don't come out and go, no, we're going to extend his contract. Actually, all you needed to do really was probably shut the fuck up. But they thought that, well, no, because if we go in and we're four goals or we're four games on the spin losing, then everybody's going to be expecting it to happen, and we want to try and we want to try and quell that. We also want to try and presumably send and send a message to some of the players that no, go and listen to the manager, go and listen to the head coach, make sure that you're on board with him because he ain't going anywhere. It hasn't had that reaction, which is a shame. But we will see what happens on Saturday. Gary, sir, long time no speak. If you hit your mic button, I have a suspicion that I might know what you might want to say about some of those players. No, I'm not going to do it, Peter. <laughs> not not this early in this season. I'm going to do it. All right, mate. Okay. Yeah. Go on in, mate. What's your take on everything? I'm not going to talk about the game because I'll just literally just pretty much echo what everybody else has said. Okay. And if I do start to talk about the game, I'll echo the words that Uncle Ron was using. And like I said, too early in the season for that. Too early. Go on, then. But it's, a, it's about his contract extension. Uh-huh. I've seen this week a lot of people saying, oh, it's good to see that they've backed the manager, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But let's be honest, it isn't worth the paper it's written on. This is Mr. Gino Pozzo we're talking about. And if results continue like they are, he will sack him. Regardless of how long this contract has been 
signed. Look at Xavi Grazia. I know things were different then, as someone pointed out here, things were different. He was fighting fires. But he got a contract extension, bang, gone. And this guy will go. And I, I, if, if he'll go in the November transfer window. I can see it now. I can see it now. I said it at the start of the season, and I think he'll go. But you look at when you did the Palacci Gino thing, he pretty much said in that meeting, I can't mm-hmm. remember what he said word for word, but he pretty much said that he'll continue doing things the way he does things. Yeah, the the callback was basically that they got everything right. It's a great club in great facilities, great everything, great this, great that. The only problem is we've hired probably one or two good managers out of 20 and uh, and and therefore we just need the manager and that's all we need. And they were highly delighted to have to have Valerian Ishmael in fairness to them and it's got to be got to try and be balanced because you want to say it as you saw it. And it was John Parslow, he of the backgammon set and jumping on trampolines and all sorts of other nonsense, who asked the question and said, well, are you, you're very keen on, on, on Ishmael here. He's talking about good things. If we're on 16 points after 10 games, does that mean you're not going to fire him? And Gino's response was, if I can see that things aren't going right, then I have to act. I it's better for me to act than to not act and it get worse. And that's how he was looking at it. And therefore, some of the wording that came out, and it was, for me, it was telling that the wording was Gioretta. Because if you remember when there were rumours coming out that Wilder wasn't going to make it to the end of his 11 games, and I don't know if you remember that last season, Ben Manga came out and gave a quote about it. It was the people at the technical, head of technical department level rather than that. In terms of what's been said here, we know that, Gino will go against what what Scott Duxbury had said before, t- 10 games after he'd come out and said the words that we know we'll always use against Scott Duxbury, hell or high water, he was gone. Unless you hear something and it's actually from, from Gino and we know what the chances of that are, you cannot hang your hat on anything there because he feels it's better for him to act than to not act. In this particular instance, I think they've come out because I just don't think they have a pot to piss in. I don't think they want to have another severance of another manager. I don't think they, they don't think, I don't imagine they think that many managers are going to do much better with what they're working with at this moment in time. So almost what's the point? Um, Which echoes a lot of what a lot of those people on, on the side who've been, calling out about the, the, the management of the club uh, more vociferously and for longer have said. They're not wrong. They're not wrong. But there we go. But there we go. Right. Let's get through. Sorry, guys. I appreciate everybody's everybody's waiting and we want to get through to as many people as we can. Let's get to Hornets 1992. Let me add you in as speaker. If you hit your mic button and, and let us know your thoughts on the evening, on the season or whatever you want to mention. Hi, these my all, all good, Jim. Can you hear me? Yeah, absolutely. You're with us, mate. Yeah, yeah, last night at the Mad Squirrel with uh, Justin. Oh, hello, sir. So how are you doing? Good, good. Yeah, good. Sounds good, good. I don't know what to say, really, anymore. I've been <laughs> getting absolutely up. I'm getting disappointed. And it's just, I'm like, oh, again, another loss. It's like, when we when we first played QPR, it was fantastic. High-pressing football, kept pressure, pressurising them and everything like that. And then that, that was like a, that was a good squad. And that's still the same squad now, but... It's just completely changed. There's no high pressing. There's none of that at all. There's, I, I don't know. It's just been absolutely poor. I, I watched the first, the bit of the second half, as soon as the second goal in, but as soon as it was that first goal went in, like defence, defending was awful. I don't know what on earth that, what was going on there. In Gaki as well, straight away, rash, uh, harsh challenge on Clark and got a yellow. I was like, oh God, he's going to get sent off. 
and obviously a lot of pressure on the manager. Obviously, it's not the manager's fault, I don't think. I think he's he's good in the whole training and being disciplined in the players. For example, like benching Nelza. But I, I went to Leeds last Saturday and it, that was just like men versus boys. That was literally just completely one-sided. And then Dan Batman came out with his post saying like half the players were, were scared. You, you don't go into a game like that, into a championship game like that and saying like half the squad was scared because that's going to affect everyone. That's going like, well to like, affect the fans as well. And going back in like with Dan Backman and his five-year contract and he's been a captain, this is a guy that can't even control his 12-yard box from corners. What He can't even take charge of the 12-yard box. What used to be in, in taking charge of the rest of the 10 other players on the pitch? I think it's absolutely a disgrace and he's been doing stupid things Last season, he came out of the box and Kung Fu kicked a player. I can't remember which, which one, what game that it was. was against Huddersfield, season. wasn't it? Yeah. Huddersfield. Like, what? Who does that? What goalkeeper comes out and Kung Fu kicks a, a, no, a player and gets a straight red? And then, obviously, I didn't see what he did with the ref, but I assume, obviously, from people in the past that have been speaking earlier tonight, saying that like, he touched the referee. What captain does that and lays hands on an official. This is where I've got, and it, it's not that I've got some sympathy with him, it comes back to the fact that he is the captain, but he's in the goal mouth. The, oh, or he's always in the goal mouth, getting him off his line, he says challenge at times, but hey, enough of such cynicism. The problem is, is that with the new rules, it's only supposed to be the captain who goes and talks to the referee, and he's 40 yards behind. And so he's, he's herring up because the challenge had gone in and, and loser was about to get booked. Having drawn a foul, he then turned round in a moment of, of just petulance, basically, and started pushing the guy who'd basically been defending against him in a physical nature, the kind of way we would like people to defend. And then Backman finally arrived, and I don't know if he... I don't think he was pushing in. I think he was just literally getting there as quickly as he could, and he nudged the referee who went, well, no, no contact here. There you go, there's a booking. It just speaks to the logistical problems of being a captain from a goalkeeper position in the modern game. Now, when we appointed him, I pointed out people like Dino Zoff, even Larice, who've been captains. But this new rule means that if you're not in the central proximity of the pitch, it's very hard for you to communicate to everybody. Yes, you've got a great view of everything because you've got the whole pitch in front of you, but try telling Ryovic what he's got to do. Try telling the winger and the forward to work closer together because he can't. He just can't physically get there. So I, th I think that's a real issue. I think your point about pressing is absolutely on the money because that first game against QPR, we pressed and we pressed and it was one of the central tenets of an Ishmael side at Barnsley, all his previous places at places like Wolfsburg and Wolfsburg B and at West Brom and at Besiktas, all of these, he would yeah. press from the front. And we have completely stopped pressing ever since we got Rivic. And we haven't started again, even though we had Bio back in. And if you press, you can't just press with one player. You all have to go and press and try and keep them in. We're not direct. We, we play very slowly out from the back. So we've ended, we're ending up saying, okay, you're going to have the ball and we're not going to press you and we're not going to do very much. We're not going to play directly, but we're going to try and play through the middle and you're going to show us into congested areas. We're going to give you the ball back in almost inevitably at this moment in time. And then when you get the ball coming forward, we're not quick enough to hit you on the break and we're not even going to play direct. That's why they don't play direct. If they had Matthias Martins in there, that then that's the only outlet ball that, we, that we've seen for, for ages. Yeah. So it's I've got absolutely 
a lot of time for the people who said, I'm not going to talk about the players because what shape is he going to do? Or it's pointless talking about tactics because with the squad he's got, what options does he really have? It's not set up to play Valerian Ishmael. And the fundamental question that we had at the Q&A was, are you going to support the manager? Are you going to support this manager? And the answer is yes. Maybe the question should have been tailored explicitly. Are you going to support this manager in the transfer market to give him the the profile of players that he needs to play the football that he needs to play? It doesn't look like we have done really, does it? No, definitely not. And Bayern Radovic, I've, I've never seen them press at, at all uh, on those defenders. I've, obviously, when a sprinter came on um, against Sunderland, he was quick. He was like, pre- uh, pressing them. Martins would also press them. But when you obviously... We got Valerian Ishmael like early, at pre-season. It, very early on, we had a mass clear-out of about 24, was it 24, 25 players? Massive clear-out. And then we end up like spending tuppence on about six, seven players, a few ones there, 50 grand on Tom Ince. And to be fair, that was, I think a lot of people started laughing at us with Tom Ince, but he's actually, since he's joined us, I think he's done good. I actually like Tom Ince, and he's, he's good with his crossing and everything like that. We had we had money like back then when we had promoted. I know we had like twenty plus loan players from Udinese that didn't cost us anything. Obviously, just their weekly wage. We got promoted straight away, and we stayed in the Premier League for five for five seasons. We had Igalo for free, and then we sold him for thirty million to China. Richarlison, we was it eleven million, and then we sold him for thirty million. Decore was like five and a half million. We sold him to Everton for twenty plus million. Twenty two. You know, yeah. yeah. All, all these, we are a selling club, and when we get these little gems, Jao Pedro as well, I assume that was in the in the 30 million region. And what I would have liked, I would have liked us to sell Jao Pedro at, at the start of this season, invested his maybe half of, of that transfer money, whatever it was, 15, 20 million, or whatever it might have been, back into the squad, back in the manager, getting those extra players in that Valerian Ishmael has a little bit more options from the bench. Because if, if people, if like Ryan Andrews is going to keep you get sent off in the straight red, we're not going to have any replacements. And if someone gets sent off at Cardiff as well, we're not going to have really have many decent good replacements. As I would have liked, I know it's always good, oh yeah, we're going to be debt free at the end of the season. But let's maybe invest some money in the squad this season. We've got rid of 26 players. We'd be bringing seven little freebies, 50 grand torments there and then. But let's spend some a few million. Just strengthen the squad, get some average, decent, young, championship-style players. Most of these Premier League play, clubs, I've, I've got all their um, players um, on loan. Try and get them in. Um, and eventually, instead of being debt-free this season, maybe do it next season. But that's the thing. Like, that's what I'm worried about. Well, I'm not worried about it, but I think if the idea of the posers want to be debt-free this season... Well, what's their plans next season? Are, are they going to sell us? Will they sell us? If you, because I think we may get relegated. It's scary to think that so early on. A number, you know, a, num- a number of people have been concerned about that as a possibility. There is also yeah. the fact that if you look at it, and it depends on what Gino Pozzo's mindset is as to whether or not he thinks he can get us back into the Premiership, because that's being in the Premiership, the club is worth exponentially more than it is in the Championship. I saw Ron's comment about South End fortunately being purchased. I'm fortunate because I don't want any club to go out of business. It, we all know how painful this is, but imagine how much more painful it would be if we didn't have a club to support. So so really good that South End were there, even where they are. But the point of a selling club here is the fact that he would, does he want to invest to get us back up and then make a sale? Is that an exit strategy? Or 
or like the last time he got up, is he going to go? Well, no, because I've got I've suddenly got the the, the, the cash of avarice here. I've, I'm being given what 150 odd million in in TV revenue. It's doubling our turnover and more. Do we do that? Yeah. The other eyes that have to look at this and you have to take into account is that. We also have to look at what's happening at Udinese, and I don't just mean on the pitch. Their their debt is at a level comparable to ours. That being said, we learn at the Q&A a little bit more about the debt, of which we'll be releasing a, a, a few things, just more explanatory stuff than anything, because sometimes debt can be a little bit deceiving. But if you look at the if you look at the players that they've got there in comparison to what they had two or three years ago, it's comparable to us they they had oh crikey um, his name's gone out of my gone out of my brain the lad who played in uh, he's been played in Muto Atletico what was his name Rodrigo something in, in the Argentinian team we thought we might get him in the premiership no he, he moved on for countless millions you've seen the lad go to Udinese Beto you've seen a whole host of players being cashed in on and of course the same thing with us with Yao Pedro and not being not being reinvested in the way that it would be typically done. I'm not saying going out and blurting that cash like for the Pozzo model had always been, we will find good, cheap gems in comparison to what we're buying them for, and then we will bring them through, grow them up, and then they will be the next one, and then we'll go back to the conveyor belt and so forth. We have That's yeah. possibly not the case here. It also looks like it's not the case at Udinese at the moment, so there's there's some concern there, but we shall see what we shall see. Uh, yeah, and then we, got, we had all those parachute payments, and it was like, well, are we investing this in, in the squad? If Gino Pozo, is, is he going to end up leaving it too late? He, and he, he should have spent the money this window, uh, in the summer window, for us to, to have a, a good championship squad. We've got a League One squad now, and it'll be far too late in January. The damage might already have been done. And then there's no point in reinvesting it because we'll be in League One and we, we can't get to the Premier League. We'll have to do another, another season afterwards. But time, I'm going to Cardiff away and I bought, I bought my ticket for Swansea away. And I would have gone to Sunderland tonight if I would have had the time off at work because I want to go to different away grounds I haven't been to. But I don't even know. I don't even know what I'm going to be expecting Saturday. Maybe I might actually magically get a win. But 270 days without an away win. That's long. That's such a long time. It is. And good on you for doing it. Everybody who's travelling away and supporting. Uh, cheers, Eddie. Thank you for that, mate. Cheers, mate. Lovely to hear from you and lovely to see you the other week at the uh, from yeah. the Rookery End Live thing. That was, that was a superb night. It was... You go in there because you're supporting your team. Often people turn around and say, well, you're not, you're a fan, but you're not supporting. These people are true, proper supporters. They're getting behind them. They have every right to turn around and go, Christ, as, as we heard from Danny earlier on, I didn't just feel overwhelmingly sad. You're going through that emotional rollercoaster, but you're supporting. But even if you're not there, even if you're very far away, Darren, this is the segue of all segues. But I'm coming to Darren. We're going out a bit, bit out of order here because Darren is is based in Oz. I want to know, Darren, sir, long time no speak. What time is it over there? The time, Pete, is four minutes to eight in the morning in sunny Queensland. Look at this. This is why we have to come to Darren because we have to speak to Darren because he's going to have to get up and go to work in a minute for crying out loud or, or whatever it is that Darren's oh. doing. How you doing, mate? How you doing? I'm good. I'm very well. I'm already at work, actually. I'll start early, but... Um, <laughs> yeah. Well well done. Hang, hang on, Darren. Let's change this intro. Darren is slacking off from work to call us, everybody. We all think that's <laughs> tremendous stuff. Well done, Darren. Like that very much indeed. Go on, mate. Go on. What are your thoughts since we last Pete, spoke? Well, it's been a while, Pete, but uh, can I just say that when I moved out here in 81, it was really hard before the internet to follow the club. And as the years went on, it was harder and harder to follow anything. Then the internet came along and I got involved... 
over the last, say, 10 years, I've never felt more disconnected from the club. But when I discovered this podcast, it gave me an outlet to hear what other people were saying, to share my misery of being a Watford supporter. <laughs> and for my own mental health, this is such a great outlet to hear all the guys like Uncle Ron and Carl and all the regulars. I actually feel like I'm in a pub having a discussion about football because I had it wrenched away from me when I was 13. Just as we had that glorious year in 82 in the Division 1 where we came second, I wasn't a part of that. I wasn't a part of the 84 Cup final. But finally, after 30, 40 years, I finally feel part of the Watford community again. So I want to thank you and I want to thank all the regular listeners because this is a wonderful thing that you're doing and... They say a problem shared is a problem halved. It's a miserable experience supporting Watford, especially now. So, again, I just want to thank you guys for everything you do. Oh, mate, oh, it's it's our pleasure. But for that exact reason, a problem shared is a problem halved. And if we have a moan and a min, hey, it's fine. Nobody has to get upset because somebody either agrees or disagrees or whatever. It's as, exactly as you said. We're all in a big virtual bar. Bar. If you haven't got a beer, go and crack one open and com- consider that you're in a bar. Not you, Darren, because you're at work and you'll probably get fired for it. But everybody else <laughs> could go ahead, right ahead and do that. So go on, mate. What, what do you think of the latest shenanigans at, at the Glorious Hornets? Well, the, good, the, the amazing thing about Wofford is just when you think you can't sink any lower, they <laughs> find new ways... To, to sink to new debt. The previous caller said the owner was Gino Pozzo, and I thought he said Bozo, and I think that's pretty much spot on The right right now. With, as, as he said, we've had all these players. We've had, we had Richarlison, Decore, where, you know, all these players we've sold. Where's the money gone? Where has the money gone? There's been no investment in this club. We can't even take a fucking corner. Mm. That corner was abysmal. That second goal, the defenders were all, that was inexcusable. They panic when they get the ball. We've got no strikers. Loser doesn't want to be there. Honestly, a caller said in the last episode, loser just fuck off. Absolutely 100% agree with that. He does not want to be there. I don't blame the manager because, again, it's the players. It's been the players for three or four years. Nobody wants to be there. We've had no investment. All I can say, the five-word review, League One, here we come because something has to change. Nothing is going to change while Gino Pozzo is running this club. One of my favourite expressions in life is... You reap what you sow. And that is Watford in a nutshell. Very good. Very good. And he does do some reaping of the grim variety on occasions, but but not now. Now we've got a manager who nobody is calling for his head. We, we all know we want to try to support and keep a manager. Sorry. I, no, let me correct that. Let me correct that. There are a couple of people who are calling for his head, and that's fine. Yeah, that's you're right. But everybody else just wants to keep manager in place for twelve months and stop being the butt of all the crap jokes every time you talk to somebody who supports somebody else. However, is now the time to offer a, a, a an extension of a contract? It it just seems again, it feels like it's being done for PR kind of purposes in 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 many ways and it, it might be a very well-meaning thing trying to correct and and try and try and not be the club that we clearly have been over the over the recent years but it it just felt odd when when, when you saw that all those miles away did you look at that and go hey first thing i thought like most people it came up on facebook clubs club statement <laughs> first thing i thought was here we go again. Cool and I'm sure every single, listen, every single listener right now thought the same thing. But didn't we extend um, Harvey Grazia's contract yep. and then 10 games later he was gone? So it means nothing, absolutely nothing. It's there just a go. pathetic effort to say, oh, we're committed to this guy. We know he's 
I've already got texts from all the other football friends who support all the big clubs, all these fair weather supporters. You wake up one day and think, I'll support a club. Oh, let's go for Liverpool. They'll never get relegated. And then have the fucking audacity to look down their nose at me because I support Watford. I was born in Watford. It flows through my blood and this is why I do it. I will never support another club. So all those, all those Liverpool and Man City sports, they can just fuck off. They're not proper football people. This club is going backwards, and I just cannot see anything changing. I don't know. Do, I don't know, Elton, if you're listening, please buy the club. Somebody do something because we are going nowhere, and it's been going on for years. How, when is this going to end? There you go. That's Darren's question from the far side of the globe. Mate, it's lovely to hear you. Appreciate that sometimes midweek games are possibly better because, hey, anything beats working for a living. Let's go and ring those idiots in, in England. That'll do. Great, mate. Lovely yeah, to hear from you. No worries. All the best. Uh, mate, Good. love to hear. We, we have had people coming back at any point. Any plans at any point to come back uh, to the old country and, and take in a game? I was actually there in May and June because I actually wanted to go and see Depeche Mode. I hadn't seen them for 29 years. And when they announced the last tour, I thought, I said to my wife, I'm going. I I can't let this go any longer. So it was in the off season, but I did get to the Watford shop, went to Vicarage Road, had a look around. But it was was a very quick visit to Watford. And yeah, it's always nice to get back. But I am planning a football trip so I can go and see a few away games. But the way we're playing... No. Why would I go to the expense and trouble? Because you get, because you come over and be in a real pub. That's what we'll do. If you come over, we'll sort yes. we'll, we'll sort tickets, beers, and alcoholic uh, frenzy out. That will be fine. And hey, the good news is that you did go and see Depeche Mode, so at least you did get to hear. Just can't get enough actually being played because we haven't heard that so much I recently. Saw them, well, I actually saw them twice. I saw them in London and Paris, so I can die a happy man now. Now you're just showing off, Darren. Go on, honestly. What do you like? You get back to work, sir. Brilliant stuff, Darren. There, yes, love that. Love that totally. All the best, guys. Love your work. Keep it up. Cheers, mate. Smashing stuff. We like that very much. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <whistles> At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.